Hey guys and welcome to the Transformation Mindset Podcast. I am your mindset coach Lucy and this podcast is to advise you on my best mindset motivational tips, guide you into a growth mindset and share with you any of the best tips I can find in optimizing your mental and physical health. Enjoy this episode guys. Hey guys and welcome back. So today I am with my very good friend Adele. Um, She is one of the most incredible women I know personally. Um, Absolutely a massive inspiration to me because not only is she a powerhouse woman with business and with fitness, she is also a mum of two and as I was been saying to her for the last, like the last little while that we've been chatting, is I love the way she goes around being a mum. Mm-hmm. And not only is she a fantastic mum, but she's all clued up with nutrition to her best of her ability as she's still learning, she's still going on all her science-based courses and doing the best that she can to be as clued as she can. And the two best parts for me with Adele is that you never stop learning and you never stop sharing what you learn and that's that's something that I love seeing on your social I love when we meet up for coffees and when we have our chats like there's always new information and we're quite good at we're very good at brainstorming together and bringing our brains together so do you want to say a little hi and hello and a little intro to yourself yeah thank you it's so weird hearing yourself spoken about like that I never I don't know it's a weird one I never take well to it it's dreadful I know it's all right I'm the same I think it's like the complete introvert in me it's like oh is that me wow yeah (laughs) but yeah so like Lucy said I'm Adele Johnston and I'm a qualified evidence-based nutrition consultant and what that basically means is that I do a lot of sciencey research. I look up um, a lot of reports and stuff that's been done with human research, as well as some animal. But if it's been done with evidence based around humans, then obviously that's what we are. We are not rats. So it gives me a little bit more insight into how certain lifestyle factors or supplementations or you know, any type of um, strategy that we might put in place for a weight loss program would work with humans. So that's evidence-based. It's basically around the, if the science says it's there, then we've got the evidence to back up the steps and the strategies that we put in place. Um, I am a mum of twins. So I've got twin daughters, Clara and Shannon. They're nine. And currently trying to juggle this whole at home, working, and um, homeschooling. So this has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting... Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. And that's the, the whole reason that I've got you on is because I do feel there's a lot of people who could learn from your tactics and how you approach all of the crazy things that you get up to and the million and one things that you try to do as well as then on top of it all being a mum mm-hmm. um, and a mum of twins um, which it, like especially at the moment mm-hmm. I've said it to you and I've said it to many people that during this 
difficult time for everyone. I think this has definitely put a lot of parents to the test, um, which I don't envy because children like to be busy. Children like to be proactive. Children like to be interacting, even if they're a bit of an introvert. Having that social interaction makes mm -hmm. things a little bit more, it tires them out. It tires them out. And you don't have that tiring them out at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely think that's a credit to anybody who's a parent right now. For sure. You know, it's definitely, you know, first off, we've never, ever been in this situation before. You know, it's no. our kind of um, our population of people, our era of people. We've never experienced this type of thing before. So I think at the start it was very much a what the hell has happened and what are we doing right now? Um, yeah, certainly for the kids, I think that kids are resilient first and foremost. Like they so they're adaptable. They're super resilient. So you normally don't find that a lot of children are very adverse to change because they don't overthink things like that. You know, they yeah. follow, if, if you're the adult in their life, they're gonna follow your influence and in what you ask or say, well, we say that, but you know what I mean? Some of them push the boundaries. Yeah. But they're gonna follow yeah. what you're doing, what your reactions to things are gonna be. And like you've said, you know, kids do love to be busy. They also love routine. So yeah. what I'm finding myself, which has been quite interesting, is you've got a couple of different buckets of parent groups just now. Um, and some of them, I've got quite a lot of parents that are my clients and, and they're, they're all handling this very differently. And what some of them have reverted to doing is saying, I'm gonna follow the school curriculum to the letter because the teachers are using an online platform through Microsoft Teams just now, um, yeah. my kids' school are, and giving them assignments and guidance on things that they want to see completed. So you've got the parents who are following that to the letter and their kids are up and they're nine till three and they're getting their breaks in between and that's their Monday to Friday. And then you've got the other bucket of people who are just doing their best, they're doing what they can, when they can and equal, you know, with equal amounts of stress and pressure. So something that I've seen quite recently um, across my children's school, they've got a, a parents Facebook group and there's been a bit of fracture and kind of to and fro and with different, different buckets of parent who the nine till three Monday to Friday are then criticizing when work is not being done. And then the other parents who are not are kind of saying, look, just chill out. You know, we're, yeah. we're not homeschooling right now. We're in a crisis trying to do our best to keep schoolwork going. And I think that a yeah. lot of people lose sight of that. Yeah. So for me personally, I've been in the latter bracket where it's a, right, girls, this is quite an interesting time. You know, we're all together as a family. We're not probably yeah. ever going to have this opportunity again where yeah. we're told to stay indoors together, where we're, we're instructed to remain in the house together. And actually, what do you want to learn? Yeah, yeah, that, that's... And this is why you're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that reason. This is why you're on the podcast, because I love that like you're not 
telling them like this is what you've been told to learn like yes okay like there might still be the few things that they've got to do but what do you want to get from this opportunity what do you want to get from this time what do you want to gain what do you want to leave with Mm -hmm. um is such a breath of fresh air to be quite honest because it's a very as i said to you before it's a very optimistic look on what's happening for your kids like you're not turning around and i mean i i watched um we were watching a tv show the other day about all of this that was going on and some of the kids that were having literally mental breakdowns because they were petrified they were going to die from the virus and i'm like why 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 do they even know that that's a thing because i mean they were really young like they were really like it's not as if they were in their teens or anything they could pick Mm -hmm. up what was going on like they've had they have to have been told Mm -hmm. by an adult Mm -hmm. that this is what's happening and when they've been you know like the news is yeah right now and and i think a lot of whether you're a parent or not we're keeping up to date with what parliament views are with what the changes are coming with yeah Boris Johnson saying overall, but equally for me being in Scotland, what Nicola Sturgeon's saying for Scotland. So yeah. at that point, you know, we've, we've got a lot of news on in the background. Um, you know, even yeah. if you're like a household like us that uses Alexa to even say, you know, what's the latest update since it's blasted yeah. around the house. So kids subliminally pick up and learn through these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even even like your kids will be hearing this as well. But the fact that you've you've almost switched it for them and said, "Look, this is what's happening. This is what we've been told. Yeah. What do you want to gain from it? Because you you have you've given them that sort of instead of taking the control away from them that they're not allowed to go to school, they're not allowed to see their friends, they're not allowed to see their grandparents, they're not allowed to see any, but they're not even allowed to go and visit the next door neighbour. Yeah. That this is a good time this is a time for us as a family to come together what do you want from it and giving them that little bit of control back that they can now sort of make a decision as to that it's up to them what they get from it Mm. and that's such an important lesson to learn at such a young age yeah for sure and and it's definitely one of these things where it's probably the little bit of the rebel inside of me I've always had it and it's one of these things where I years ago when the kids first started school um, they were given quite a lot of unfortunately incorrect information from the teaching staff when they tried to teach them about health well-being nutrition and it stuck with it stuck with Clara more so than Shannon Clara's a very switched on deep thinker you know she says she analyzes everything yeah and I don't know if I, I think I might have told you this last year, actually, but she um, she came home from school and she told me that they couldn't eat eggs anymore because they're fat and they've got lots of fat in them, so they can't eat them because they're unhealthy. Um, they're not allowed to have crisps because they're really bad for you, or chocolate or sweeties or biscuits. They're only allowed to eat fruit. And I was kind of a bit, like, flabbergasted as to where all of this had yeah. come from. So... Anyway, long story short, because it's a bit of a tangent, it transpired that the teaching staff were trying their best to just educate the kids around health and well-being. Because unfortunately, especially within Scotland, we're sitting at something like 30% of Scotland's children right now of primary age are obese. And that's a worrying figure, because what that means basically into transpiring into their adult life 
is they are a lot more at high risk for things like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, um, and all of the other things that being seriously overweight can bring. So the school were attempting a strategy to try and educate the kids, which I completely agree with, but it's just unfortunately yeah. information wasn't correct. So yeah. at that point, I had then got in touch with the headmaster to say, look, I appreciate that you guys are trying to do all of this, but surely you must have a, a Fife wide, which is our school region, a Fife or a Scotland wide um, you know, learning strategy regime, something where you've got the information that can be taught rather than just having one teacher in your school have an idea to teach that. Yeah. So it, it came about then that they ran a bit of a parent questionnaire to then say if we could manipulate some of the, the, the education um, learnings, you know, what would you want to see the kids learn about? And it was so interesting because the amount of parents that went back saying things like life skills, so things like yeah. how to keep your body healthy, and it's not yeah. just food, but lifestyle. Yeah. Because not a lot of kids, and, and where we live right now and where the school is, it's not a very affluent area. It yeah. Can, you know, and, and deprivation is around the UK yeah. school, but yeah. it is quite a deprived area. So from that point of view, these kids are maybe not getting that knowledge at home anyway. Yeah. So that became one of the topics. And when lockdown first started to happen, I actually took the girls out of school two days before lockdown officially happened for schools. Okay. And that was just a decision that because I could work from home, because things were flexible, <clears throat> I just said to my husband, look, let's just take them out now. And we'll give them a few yeah. days off. It's it had been quite a stressful week for them because yeah. the school were obviously talking about it. The teachers were, and bless the teaching staff because it's not easy. But they were having to work so quickly to pull packs for learning together for them. Yeah. So the kids were picking all of this up, and their behaviours were changing. You know, they were becoming very verbally abusive. You know, just things like temper tantrums. Yeah. And you can normally yeah. tell when kids are feeling stressed by yeah. changing their attitudes, potentially changes to their eating habits, yeah, their sleeping habits, things. Like, and I noticed it with them, so I just decided, like, give them a few days off, let them chill, watch some movies, do some art, whatever they wanted. Yeah, <clears throat> right or wrongly, you know, but it was my decision as a parent. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and then, do you find that that do you find that that decision helped them? Did it calm them down at all? I think so. I mean, you hit the nail on the head a bit by saying you know it's it's a big change for them, and that they're not mm, you know, massive. The only two people they're really getting to see, and I'm only talking from my household. You know, I, I can't talk wider than that. But the only two people that my children are really getting to interact with and see is me and Sean. So yeah. their mum and dad, <clears throat> and they're having to watch, I mean, where we live, they've got um, two other households where they're all very good friends and they're all the same age. Yeah. They're having to watch their friends playing in their front gardens, knowing that they can't go and interact with them. And that's what's hitting yeah. them hard. They're really struggling. Yeah. With yeah, and that's kind of what I was what I was meaning that for children, and that's why I was saying I don't envy you guys as parents 
in the nicest way possible because it is like quite a it's a big psychological change for children in my opinion because it's like you said like because I mean it's the same it'll be the same case for most children that they, they will have the people like the kids in their neighborhood that they would normally go over and play with or interact with after school or whatever it is and they don't have a typical routine and I mean it's different to like yes okay they're used to having a summer holiday or anything like that but usually again it's still a routine because they know that this is when it starts this is when it ends this is how long they've got for it and they're still able to go out socially interact with other people they're still able to you know go to the beach they're able to go to the park they're able to and it doesn't matter who's there they can you know kind of build up a confidence around animals they can build up a confidence around other children mm -hmm. um and even things like going into the shops like they're like for for such a long time not allowed to kids are not allowed to go into a shop yeah. And if it, and if they did, it was massively, massively frowned upon. Oh, for sure. So for a kid, so for a kid to be observing this, they are very restricted, much more so than us. And I know for a fact, like I am no child. Um, however, like that restriction of not being able to see my loved ones, mm -hmm. and the part that I found difficult was not knowing when I was ever going to get to see them again is the bit that I found difficult for a long time to process. So I can't imagine for a kid, mm. uh, again, they're probably not comprehending <laughs> that until probably recently as to, I don't know when this, when, when am I going to get to play with my friends again? When am I going to get to go back to school? Yeah. Um, yeah, and they do miss that. I mean, we had a chat just the other day on one of our walks and me and Clara were walking hand in hand and I just said to her you know it was like so how how are you feeling how's things been and she's like yeah good and I said you know what what's one of the biggest things you're missing about not being at school and she'd said um seeing her friends yeah I mean, we've done a lot of things like we're very lucky and I try to always look at that kind of positive spin on things we are very lucky that we've got things like skype zoom video calls facetimes you know all of these apps that we can jump on and, and like we're doing right now we're having a face-to-face -face yeah. conversation albeit not in person so we've done a lot of that for the kids across their friends at school and um, that's good you know they're, they're friends in the street they've, they've got a whatsapp group and they're able to do video calls and things on that which is lovely but like I go back to the point of kids being very resilient and change and for my two I think that the most important thing was I, I'm not this type of mum that will shield them from life because I yeah. personally don't believe that that then sets them up for life as a young adult adult and to be in a parent yeah. they yeah. have to be able to experience the ups and downs of life that's what builds their character and makes them them so for my two if they ask a question Sean and I always had an agreement from a very young age if they ask a question we tell them we tell them the truth you know albeit yeah. sometimes you might need to simplify it right down for them but yeah, of course yeah the whole where do babies come from and all of this you know we've we've had those conversations with them um, they're nine yeah. years old and, and we're, you know, they're already quite savvied up on periods and boobs and these are just through conversations that they get yeah. in and they'll ask. So there's no fabrication yeah. to it, but equally 
and bear in mind that they are young they're still children yeah of course so from that point of view if and going back to the very start of the conversation you know you highlighted that some kids have been fearful of dying yeah clara did ask me that very early on when lockdown occurred because she obviously picked up on sean and i being a bit anxious around it all and you know i'll be the yeah, first, of course. first one to admit that as soon as all of this came to light and we were advised we would go on lockdown it was very much a god this must be really serious you know how bad is it yeah so from that point of view she did ask the question around you know mummy people are dying does it mean that grandma will die you'll die will i die so it was having the conversation that look here's the facts you know we're healthy we've not got underlying conditions and i think it's yeah. just reassuring her that you know, we, we just need to take care of each other. We need to just stay away from grandma. She is in the higher risk category for age, but equally grandma isn't, you know, she's not got diabetes. She's not got any underlying diseases. That yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's just, again, if there's any parents out there listening right now thinking, God, like, you know, I'm having all of these stresses and strains. The kids will pick up on it. But yeah. you don't need to hide that. I think it's important that your children do appreciate that life has its stressful points. Yeah. But they will watch you. And and this yeah. is something that I talk about a lot in my own podcast is around how kids learn through watching. They learn through influence. Um, yeah. They'll watch what you do. They'll listen to what you do, what you say, how you say it, how you're reacting to situations. And they'll mimic from a very young age, from a baby, they'll mimic how you respond to things. And yeah. there's a lot within the psychology world where they talk about things, it's known as a, a schema. And this is basically the same thing. So it's kids learning through, how is the adult in my life dealing with that? Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's how they learn that blue is, a, uh, blue is blue, red is red, a dog goes woof. Yeah. They'll start to, build into their baby brain as they grow that if they see a cat and a dog and they've learned that dogs go woof they might look at the cat and go woof because it looks yeah. like a dog it's got four legs you know it's fluffy. Yeah. so it's yeah. how we then teach them that actually no the dog goes woof but the cat goes meow yeah they learn that yeah i know that that's, that's like cool. it's maybe off topic no, it's close. no but it's, it's, it's bang on as as you said it's it's basic yeah, you'll um, learn from you, and if you have meltdowns yeah. and you know you you scream, you shout, we all do it. I do it, you know. Yeah, I, I use some really choice language with my children at times, and, <laughs> and I have to say to them, "You're doing my head in. Please just leave me alone for five minutes." Yeah, I'm very honest with them about that. I don't. I don't. But the thing is, with that, I find that that's what takes a lot of. <sighs> you're given it's an understanding isn't it you're you're helping them understand a situation whereas if they don't understand like for example with everything that's going on or even with how your behavior is mm -hmm. if you don't if you're just shouting at them they're going to audit that's in my opinion i think that's where a lot of this fear factor sort of stuff comes from like especially with everything that's going on just now whereas mm -hmm. if they're having that sort of inkling of 
fear because they don't understand the best thing to do is help them understand to the best of our ability mm. and kind of take that sort of uncertainty away from them that okay well my mum or dad seem to they're, they're a bit worried but they understand and they've helped me understand what's going on so I don't need to panic right now exactly um and I think that goes for most things it's absolutely fine to not be okay I have had where I have not been okay and absolutely it's probably it's not in the way of I'm fearful for my health my life and you know I think you know my my own perception on on things is you can't worry you can't change something through worry you can't just worry it fixed worry it away yeah it's, you know, and this is something that even with my mum, the roles have reversed in our relationship over this last 10 weeks or so. And okay. he has become the child and I have become the parent because she's very much fixated in on conspiracy theories in the background, everything that's, you know, and I've had to say to her, look, mum, you're causing yourself so much sleepless le- nights, sleepless nights, chill out, stop overthinking things and just enjoy each day you know and yeah exactly point of view it becomes a it's what i'm trying, probably trying to say is that it's, it's okay to not be okay on days and it's okay to tell your children that you're not okay on days because yeah. if you think about it they need to grow to know how to cope with how best you know if they're not feeling themselves on certain days as a teenager as an, a young adult they're then going to revert back to, I remember my mum having those days and here's what she used to do. So yeah, that mum used was she would take herself away on a walk on her own or she would do some meditation practices or she would jump in a bubble bath with candles and incense and chilled out music. This is all my strategies. So yeah, these are fine. And, and even things like, if I really just need to be away from people, because I personally don't cope around people well all the time, I am very yeah. introverted that way, and I enjoy my own company and I enjoy silence. Yeah, not been getting that. So very early doors, we had a bit of a family chat to say, look, there might be times where any one of us are feeling a little bit low and upset, and that's okay here's things you know we'll always tell each other and some of my things have even been a I'm going to the toilet please don't come and knock on the door yeah 10 minutes and just sit in the toilet don't need to go yeah I'm like yeah I don't need to know that yeah yeah yeah, of course I mean like I can kind of totally like from a different perspective I'm actually going to touch back on something you've just said there but I can completely understand that because that was kind of my tactic when I was living with my grandparents because as much as they weren't my children, I did have to kind of look after them. And I didn't get a moment's peace, like not even when I was in my bed at night. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would lock myself in the bathroom and that was my moment. That was my time that like, it sounds crazy, but because it's almost like that bit of privacy, yeah. known as a place of privacy um, so no I can totally totally understand that and the fact that um, it is absolutely 100% okay and that's what like I've tried to say to a few friends that they're saying that, that they're really struggling with this and you know that they're feeling depressed and I was like you're not depressed 
you're having a bad day like this is a shock to everybody's system it's not just the kids that are have lost it and things we all have there's no there's not a single person who's gone untouched with this Mm -hmm. not a single person in some sense or in some way we have been affected even if it is literally just down to the fact that we have been we have been so used to having freedom and being able just to decide we want to do something and do it we can't do that now and we have to abide by restrictions and not curfews but you know you're only allowed out for so long and stuff like that and it has been a shock for a lot of people and something I wanted to touch back on um, I'm actually going back to a conversation we had a minute ago was you were talking about um, how Clara was told about she wasn't allowed to eat particular foods at school now I wanted to touch back on this because it's going back onto my whole approach of helping your kids understand so this is one of the massive reasons I've got you on the podcast is talking about how you handle um, the girls when it comes to food because I find that especially during at this moment in time because as I said to you before I do find that eating habits have kind of changed for some people and they've either gone a little bit lazy or you know they're maybe just uh, not lazy they're maybe just reverting to a lot of comfort foods and um, a lot more than the, what they would normally due to the current circumstances um, and I just wanted to find it like I just wanted to have a chat about one how you approached that with Clara when she was told she couldn't eat particular foods mm-hmm. and I already know but I want you to kind of go into how you deal with the girls like when it comes to meals and you know kind of your what what practices you're trying to sort of pass on to the girls and kind of teach them I already know this but I, I just want to hear it for the podcast <laughs> Okay, um, well you might be picking up, my two are, are currently having a meltdown, so this is quite a regular oh dear. so no, you know, just before I answer those questions as well, because they're very, very good, um, my kids have quite regular meltdowns at times, and it's normally when they feel boxed in, and you know, right now, think that's just life, and what I've tend yeah. not to do is reprimand them overly for doing that because it's an outburst that they're obviously happen to have and yeah it's, it's a normal occurrence that you know for Clara for example she'll have a massive meltdown and then two minutes later she'll go I'm so sorry for that I didn't mean it yeah that's what's important is that you let them she's getting it out yeah yeah so I think that's important to get that across just now so if you can hear them I do apologize <laughs> just, just <laughs> out and then apologize um so yeah, for meals then. So probably the first part of the question was around how I dealt with them coming home saying they couldn't couldn't have these things. I've always very much lived by the rule now, and as I started to research a lot more into childhood and family nutrition, is that you know that there is no good and bad foods, and that might be quite controversial to some people. And I know that there are people who think, well, of course there is, because bad foods contain, you know, a lot of sugar, or they've got very high calories in them. Um, and good foods are the things like plant-based and fruit and vegetables. And that labelling of foods creates that good and bad. Yes, I can have it. No, I can't have it. 
relationship between yourself and your food choices. <clears throat> so there are no good and bad foods. There are foods. And that is entirely yeah. There are choices around what you then have. And some foods will contain a lot more vitamins and minerals, nutrients, than what others will have. But equally, yeah. we all have a place within our lives. Yeah. Well, the com it very much went in a conversation of okay, so explain to me why you can't have them, and then I I put it back to them to then say so what did you tell the teacher? I'll not say her name, but what did you tell the teacher in response to that? And then Clara said, well, I I told her that um, my mummy wouldn't agree with her, and I said, well, that's that's good, and this is and that was very brave that you told the teacher that. So then we yeah. started to go through, so tell me then what's in eggs? And straight away, you know, they were like, the egg white's got the protein in it. And I said, did you tell the teacher that? And Shannon said, yes, I did. So I was like, well, very well done. So we talked through it and they appreciate that eggs are not bad for you. And yes, yeah. you contain fat, but actually it's beneficial. Yeah. Body rich, Good fat. Nice fat. fat. Yeah. Yeah. Fats in our brains need fat. Our bodies do. need fat. That's why it's known as essential fats. So we talked through it all and I'd said to them, okay, so come with mummy. And I opened up, we've got um, a drawer and it's got, I've always referred to it from a child right through. And some people may disagree with this and that's fine. But I've always referred to it as our goodie drawer. And that's where we put all the things like our protein bars our chocolate biscuits our crisps you know whatever we want to have in there that would be known as like a snack we pop into there and I opened it up and I'd said so what have we got in here then that the teachers said would be bad and they pulled out a few of the items and that's when I then said so would mummy buy those things if they were bad for your health and yeah. we just had a bit of a chat around it, you know, and they understand that, yes, if you spend all day every day eating crisps, then that's not going to be great for your health and it's going to cause yeah. you a lot of health problems. But having a bag of crisps is not. Yeah. So again, that yeah. whole teaching them at a young age around, you can have whatever you want to have, but we yeah. need to sure that we're balancing in those nice vitamins and minerals for your body to yeah. Love that. So that's kind of how we tackled it. And it's one of these things where I wasn't overly prepared for having to deal with that that day. So it was a endeavours, yeah. how do we try and tell them that actually your teacher's incorrect? Yeah. Yeah. And then your other part of the question then was around meals and how I deal with the girls' meals. Um, sometimes we'll have dessert first. Sometimes we don't have dessert. Sometimes we'll, you know, lunchtime, I'll maybe make them like a lunchbox type thing, which is really, really handy yeah. when you've got a busy day. My girls are at an age where they're self-sufficient and been able to make their own sandwiches. Yeah. And their favourite sandwich is what they call a Reese's sandwich, so peanut butter and chocolate spread together. I've seen that the other day. <laughs> yeah, they love that. And... I'm okay with all of that because it's food and yeah. I know that we've always got a fruit bowl that's visually on visually appealing just it's just yeah. I like to see those colors so they've always got access to the fruit bowl and berries are in the fridge 
and very much is a I will always prompt them to say that's cool yeah go and have your Reese's sandwich that's not a problem but go and grab some berries and have them at the same time yeah yeah I love that mm -hmm. I love that and that's something that um I I, one of the things I loved was when you went on holiday last year and you set them up their little their little lunch box yeah but you had like a very wide variety of snacks and things for them to things from to munch on like there was a sandwich there there was fruit there was cheese there was fruit there was um there was like the little, what are they called, the wee fruit roll-up things. There was, there was like jellies, yeah, the winders and stuff. And I was like, that is so good because they're going, and the fact that you, you've, you've almost not educated them, but you've taught them to have a, a wide variety mm -hmm. of, a, a big wide, a, a wide palette for young children, which I think that, a lot of children, they, they, obviously as you get older, that can change and that's just as it is, but they're not afraid to eat particular foods. They're not afraid to try foods. And if the other thing, like when I came around for dinner, they're also not afraid to say if you don't like something, which I think is some children, you would say, they say they don't like it, but, the the reality is they just don't want to eat it yeah. whereas when i was there like i could very much tell like that they were they were they were completely like they would try things but if they didn't like it they just they just wouldn't eat it but they enjoyed all the foods that they did eat mm -hmm. and that was a really especially having younger brothers and sisters and knowing how my younger brother eats um or both my younger brothers eat yeah I mean, my, my, the oldest out of my brothers, he used to not eat foods if it had a hole in it. He wouldn't, eat, he wouldn't eat a biscuit if there was a crumb off of it. He wouldn't eat anything with a sauce in it. Um, he was very, very, very particular. Like, again, if he had a bit of bread and there was a hole on there, yet he wouldn't eat it with the crust on. It was very much like, as as being older and having a bit more understanding of psychology, like that is a very interesting process to have around food. Yeah, and, and like a lot of kids do have, and they'll only eat yeah. a certain brand of a food or if it's got a certain yeah. texture or colour and they know when you change it. And there are, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, it, it's almost like a child, if you're familiar with the psychology of it all, it's a, it's a child version of a disordered eating strategy yeah. disordered eating or eating disorder because they're quite quite different but it's called ARFID and it's an avoidant food restrictive disorder that they have where they avoid certain foods maybe because of how they look feel texture taste and there's no way in hell you're ever going to get them to eat that food ever in their life yeah. no matter how much you try and it might be a strawberry and you think but the strawberry is amazing. It tastes so good. But to them, and this was, yeah. I've done a podcast on it with a um, registered dietitian and psychologist who deals with children's eating disorders and, and disordered eating. And she'd explained it to me that ARFID, and it might not be what your brother had, but it's maybe not dissimilar. 
that what they'll tend to then do is look at that and think it's not a bowl of strawberries it's a bowl of snot or it's a bowl of pus and there's actually yeah. no chance in hell I am ever touching that yeah well for Daniel when he was younger because he would say like he couldn't eat these things because they were broken Mm-hmm. So he couldn't eat. He couldn't eat the bit of bread with a hole in it because it was broken. He yeah. couldn't eat a biscuit with a bit off of it because it was broken. Yeah. Um, and then he couldn't eat like he, like the sauce thing. Like he's still a bit funny about it now, but he is a lot better. Like he's obviously not that bothered about holes and when things look like they're broken. But he's still very fussy when it comes to to sauces. But when he was younger, it was a thing of he was. Um, again it, it made the food look like it was broken because it had all this stuff on it yeah. that he couldn't see the food that he so he would just eat plain pasta and he would just yeah. and it was an interesting process and that was why he was like i can't eat it because it's broken right like it's like you can't use something because it's broken yeah. so that was the thought process that he had when it came to food obviously it's, it, he has grown out of it um but yeah, it was just a very, very interesting, interesting thing to watch, especially now that I look back and I think about how, how like, how strict he was with it. I mean, mm. it was just crazy. However, I kind of was, I've kind of gone on a wee bit of a tangent there about that. But, um, yeah, so no, that was why, like, I mean, your approach to how they choose, like, you, you allow them choice. You all, and that's the, that's the bit that I'm getting at, is that you always give them choice. Yeah, I mean, and, I didn't want to just have food put down in front of me and told to eat it all or, you know, eat everything up or you may not leave the table. And I, from myself, even growing up in my generation, I'm 37, and my family household was very much, uh, they're starving children in Africa, eat what's on your plate and don't leave. Yeah. You know, that, that food is there for you, you eat it. And it's a bizarre thing because that either has the polar opposites of you will either become someone who will eat regardless of where your hunger sits so you're you know you're you're full you're full you're satiated but you're still eating because there's food on your plate or it will then drive you to be someone who thinks but I feel really uncomfortable when I eat beyond when I'm full therefore yeah it's okay to leave that food mum pop it in a Tupperware I'll have it later and that was as a child that was what I developed very early on was I'll eat until I'm full and don't get me wrong we all have days where we sit and we have the bowl of popcorn and we just continue eating it no I enjoy that and I will eat beyond fullness at points it's just life that's okay and like you said earlier around some people during this lockdown period are eating to comfort that is absolutely okay and it is to do that I think there's that that fine line then between eating to comfort and overly consistently binge eating because you're missing comfort and those that's yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's the why I wanted to touch on that with you is because that's something that I seem to be finding is that initially it was that sort of holiday feel because they weren't working you know the first couple of weeks of not being at work they were at home you know they could kind of relax a little because they were able to and again exactly as you said like especially for people like ourselves but people like me who like worked crazy hours like I've been 
and it's actually something I've touched on in a couple of podcasts over the last couple of weeks is learning that my comfort zone is working hard my comfort zone is working my comfort zone is being in the gym and having stupid hours and not really allowing myself rest which has been an issue which is why I've now got injuries coming out everywhere um but that's this has given me that time to work on my discomfort of sitting and not doing anything and actually relaxing and but for a lot of people like the first couple of weeks it was very much oh I can just I don't have to I can't do anything so I can just relax and I am going to go and sit and have some ice cream I'm going to sit and have some crisps and I'm going to spend a couple of days on the sofa just watching a few movies absolutely great but the problem is this is then because this has gone on for so long Mm -hmm. that has almost encouraged people not encouraged people but they're finding themselves in bad habits of then doing that daily Mm-hmm. And they're now at the point that I've got a couple of friends who have put on a lot more weight than they care to admit mm-hmm. because they've not let themselves go, but they've they've lost because they've not had a routine and they've not had any sort of focus at all. They've kind of took their foot off the gas and they've just let themselves go completely stationary. And they're kind of relying now on the comfort foods rather than treating themselves with the comfort foods to feel good when they need it. They're just having it because it's there. And I think that's where the, for me, that's something that I found that was quite different that I, I went into a cut with my coach. And I mean, this is different. This is, me personally as a person like I like structure so the only way that I could get structure at the moment is I wanted to go into a bit of a cut give myself some sort of focus to make sure I am getting out and doing some cardio you know I'm getting that bit of sunshine whether I'm out on the bike or whether I'm just going for a walk I didn't care so long as I was getting so much exercise a day it made me feel good and I had my structured days of meal plan but my coach also encourages that I have a couple of days off plan. And again, it's not put down as a cheat meal or a cheat day or anything like that. I've still got a particular amount of calories, yeah. but I can do what I want with them. And I can, and if I want to enjoy, if I want to have a day like that, I can. If not, I just stick to a day where I'm on plan. Yeah. And I like that because it means like days like last night when you know we had some fantastic news and I could celebrate. For me, I like having comfort foods available for times like that because, in my opinion, they can almost lose their appeal and lose that sense of comfort when you're then having them as your daily routine meals and your daily routine foods. It doesn't quite have the same fulfillment for me if I'm having them all the time. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed a few people during this time going through that and it's uh, that was why that was one of the things I wanted to touch on with you is what you what your opinions are of how people are approaching this at the moment so yeah it's a it's such a good question because going back to the very start of all of this we've never experienced this before and there is no right or wrong way of coping in a crisis you cope Mm -hmm. the best way you possibly can and you know if that so happens that you actually come out of this covid lockdown period a stone or two heavier 
we you know we deal with that and I say we as in the royal we but we deal with that afterwards and it might be yeah. that some people disagree with that statement and that's absolutely fine it's a free world but it's thinking around what do you need right now and if you've said for example you know those are comfort foods I think there's two two ways of looking at it if I could give your listeners takeaways from this part of the talk would be to think about are you reaching for that food because there's something not quite and it's not that it's not right but there's something not quite settled in your mindset or in your your, your approach and that you're thinking I'm sad I'm stressed I'm anxious I'm just not feeling myself and actually if I go and get three Krispy Kreme donuts and sit and eat those and then I'm going to feel better I can tell you right now you will not you will at the time that you're consuming them because they're very highly palatable foods and that they will have that feel-good factor initially but then you're not going to feel that comfort afterwards so I think yeah. it's just having that thought process around am I eating this because I'm trying to make myself feel better and if your answer to that is yes eat the donuts yeah but if you're potentially thinking I know what the root cause for all of this is and it might be a relationship breakdown it might be anxiety or stress through work and these are you know they're, they're the root cause of your not feeling great and you then opt to have the donuts but knowing that actually I know for a fact when I'm eating this, it's not going to make that problem go away. It's not going to help me to overcome that at the end. And I'm probably just going to feel as crappy afterwards. I'm still going to eat the donut. Then that's when you've got to make the decision around, am I eating this because it looks amazing? I know it's going to taste amazing. I'm going to really enjoy it. Mindfully sit eating there, tasting it, smelling it, feeling it with a cup of tea or whatever your choice is. Might be wine. And you know that during all of that and afterwards, you're going to not have guilt around it. You're going to really enjoy it. Then that's a, that's a good space to be. But if yeah. like you're saying you're reaching for those highly palatable foods because you're trying to numb a root cause anxiety, stressor or problem, then I can yes. categorically tell you right now that those donuts or those choices of foods will not take those problems away. Yeah, and I think that's the point that I was touching on is that people are now relying on them mm -hmm. as a comfort rather and instead of kind of allowing their comfort foods as and when, but and then dealing with the issues. Like that's something that I've actually learned from you is that when I am having a, a low day or if I do want a treat, and it doesn't have to be a low day to want a treat, you could just want a treat because you want to have a treat. Um my but thing is I love remember that it's not that it's a treat yeah it's yeah it's it's just food but I think it's more for me that like it's the reason I call it I consider it a treat is that it's I am so structured to my food plan and I but I love this is the thing this is what I mean I love my my meal plans I love being structured and I love every meal that I have because me and my coach have worked out all the foods that I love and regardless of whether I'm on plan or not I am I'm very happy otherwise I wouldn't do it mm -hmm. I consider it a treat because it's not my day-to-day -day 
what I have most days. And we are very good as well that we have, I don't just have the same meal every single day. I've got certain meals for certain training days, certain other meals for different training days. So I've, got, I've still got that variety and I've still got a choice as to which ones I want to do. Um, but my go-to is I love a good tub of ice. Like I like a good bowl of ice cream with all the toppings. Like and whatever topping I feel that day, whether it be fruit, whether it be a little sprinkle of chocolate, whether it be whatever it is, that is my, my treat and I love it. But because of the way that I, my approach is to that is I, I wouldn't want to have that every day because I would get bored and I don't want to get bored of it is my point because that is like, that is what I like to sit and I like to, like I'll sit and I'll, as you said, I'll take my time building it up and putting my toppings on it. I'll get all excited about it. And it is, it's just a really, really good feel good. But I do feel that, some people tend to be falling on to that like for example if I am having a bad day when I'm having a bad day in comparison to the day that I'm just treating myself something that I've learned from you is when I'm just treating myself I will have that full bowl and I'll top it up and I'll do whatever because I know there won't be any guilt afterwards because I know it's my treat uh-huh. whereas if it's a day where I'm feeling low, instead of having, because I'll then start craving all of the foods that I can't normally have. Mm-hmm. And I'll say to myself, like, so say, for example, I'm having a cup of tea and I'll be like, I really, really want a biscuit with this. Now, I know normally it doesn't bother me. I wouldn't normally want a biscuit. But because of how I'm feeling, I just want to keep feeding myself. Mm-hmm. I will go to the cupboard and I will take half of the biscuit. Instead of taking the whole thing, I will take half of it. And sometimes I'll take it and I'll break it into quarters. And when I've had the first quarter, I'm like, do I even want this? No. Mm-hmm. So I put the other three quarters back into the tub mm-hmm. and I'll use them another day. But it's because it was literally just the whole taste. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when I've had that bite mm-hmm. and I've given myself a moment to process it, I've had it, I'm like, I don't even want it. Yeah. I've tasted it and I don't even want it. It's literally just the idea of it being a comfort. Mm-hmm. And then when I do have, there will be the few things on a comfort date where I'm feeling a little low and I'll take a bit and I'll be like, oh no, I really need the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's, there's no, and this is the thing, I think far too many people put too much pressure on themselves when it comes to food. Yeah. And why is it okay that you sit and eat a massive mountain of fruit, but yet if you yeah. have full bar of sharing daily dairy milk chocolate that you would actually be looking at yourself as a the fruit was really good and that's that's good that I've eaten all of that and it was so so bad and I feel so so guilty that I've eaten that full bar of sharing dairy milk chocolate to myself why is it any different in that it it was enjoyable it served a yeah. purpose at that time um, yeah the, the main thing that I will do with clients is look at if you want to have that chocolate, like what you've done, you've taken it and you've went actually after a bite or two, I've not enjoyed it as much. I've been aware yeah. of how it's made me feel rather than just put the whole thing in your mouth in one go and shovel it down, swallow, and then you think, did yeah. I eat that? That happens. So I think yeah. it's about being fully in the moment aware of I'm enjoying this. And the moment it starts to become not as enjoyable, then it's asking yourself, right, do I want to keep the rest of that for later? Yeah, that's okay. Exactly. To that. And you know, exactly. I see myself making baked oats in the oven 
and they taste amazing. I absolutely love them. They're like a pudding. So I'll make them and sometimes I make too much and I'll maybe have to leave a few spoonfuls. And I've seen my husband going, but there's only two spoonfuls left. Why are you not eating it? Because I'm full and I'm happy and I'm actually pretty satisfied right now. And I know my body. And if I eat those last two spoonfuls, I'm going to feel full and I'm not going to feel well. So I think what you do is very admirable in that you've learned now to almost say, right, if I want it, I'm having it. And nothing is limits. And it's the same for children. and, And they will watch you. And yeah. my kids watch me as their mum to then almost think, well, oh, my mum's on a diet. She's not going to eat that because it's bad for her. Their mentality then of that type of food will build through their life with them. And a lot of, we'll, we'll talk about mums, but dads as well, but a lot of mums probably don't appreciate that whatever your diet strategy, and I'm not anti-diet at all, but whatever your diet strategy is, your children will watch that and that will then make up a lot of their food relationships and their own body relationships with themselves as they grow and mature through life. So by you being able to then, and me the same, being able to say, right, okay, I'm going to have half that donut because I know that if I eat the full thing, I'm going to feel sick. But half will make me feel so happy and euphoric. happy, good, yeah, exactly. You know, um, my serotonin levels are going to be through the roof. I'm going to feel really great. I'm going to have that sugar high. That I'm, you know, I'm going to feel quite good about it all. Yeah. And from that point, it's that's fine. And why is that not? Yeah. Okay? And that's and that's what I mean. That I think that that's the part that like is almost being gifted to me by you because when you do it like that you're getting the result you want from eating it rather than devouring the whole thing mindlessly. Yes. Yes. Not taking that enjoyment of actually eating it at the time and then feeling crap about it afterwards because you've had too much. Like just being able to say to yourself, right, well, actually, like going back to the donut, like I would be like, I wouldn't be able to eat a whole donut because I would feel physically sick and I would feel crap about it afterwards, but I'm not going to stop myself from having it. Like, if I, after that half, I'm like, mm, no, I do want a little bit more. I would take another bite. Like, do you know what? It's fine. But okay. just taking that half, you're, you're, you're getting the enjoyment that you're looking for. You're yeah. getting that sort of enjoyment yeah. and not eating it mindlessly and just shoveling it back, yeah. not giving yourself a chance to chew the blinking thing and taste it. Yeah. Um, well, when you think something... about it, your, your um, digestive system starts from the moment that you open your mouth and put that piece of food in. So that's when digestion starts. And if you're not chewing your food properly, and I'm not going to tell you that you have to sit there and chew 20 times before you swallow, you know, we've got to be realistic about things. In an ideal world, we would all follow what is like optimally healthy. But yeah, of course. Chewing your food a number of times the enzymes and everything within your saliva then activate your digestion. And that, from when you swallow, will support with your gut health. And if your gut health is good, and your, you know, your overall health will be good. So it's thinking about things like, there's an abundance of food in our world. I'm gonna you know, say world, but I know that for some areas of the world, we, we are a lot more fortunate. And I know yeah, of course. Within our local area, 
there are still families that go hungry and children that still go to school. And it's a scary number in the millions that still go to school not having had breakfast because their parents cannot afford to feed them. Um, you know, that's a whole different topic that I could talk about because I'm massively passionate about it. But if we think about it in a, in a bubble of food is a lot more available now through, if you think about, we don't have to grow our own, some do, but we don't have to. We can go to a supermarket. We can get food mm -hmm. delivered. It's a lot more available to us than it ever has been. Yeah. And certainly through this whole pandemic, people have been stored a lot more food than what they've maybe needed. Yeah. Therefore, it's abundantly in front of them. So if they've not had yeah. space to put things away, it's maybe saving them right in the face. And they might have, yeah. you know, a few loaves of bread and then they've got some croissants. And it's all these kind of high, highly palatable foods that they know they will get comfort and enjoyment from. And that is okay. Because right now, we're in such an unprecedented part of our lives. Nobody has written a book about how we should deal with a pandemic from an Adele point of view, from a Lucy point of view, from a mum. You know, yeah. we've not got a handbook that we can just pick up and say, right, I know that by that point, this is all going to be over. We don't yeah. know that will happen. So if I was to end this part of it, I would say being kind to yourself is the nicest thing you can do right now. And that's everything from the nutritious foods that you choose to put into your body, because ultimately you want your immune system to be firing at all cylinders, right? And it's, it's only going to be able to do that if you nourish your whole body, which goes for your mind as well. So your brain health, your mind health, your mental health are so important in this period of our lives. And simple strategies like going out for a half an hour walk, that will not only help you through movement, but it will also then help you through the sounds, the smells, the fresh air, the change of environment, being able yeah. to see other human beings that are not within your household. That's yeah. all, you know, that's all a mental well-being and cares. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like we've said, you know, the food choices that you choose to take, they include donuts, they include crisps, crumpets, and you know, whatever makes you feel good is what will work for you. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I definitely think you've kind of hit the nail on the head with that one, to be honest. Like it's, and, and it is exactly as you said, we've not been given a guideline book or we've not been given a rule book or anything like that of how we should be doing this so it's very much uh yeah it's okay if you're struggling with it because situation right now you know if you are feeling the anxiety the stress the pressure then dieting right now is not for you and you know yeah. that again that's a statement that i will boldly stand by is that it's not for you right now and there's plenty yeah. of time to look at that after there's plenty of time when things resolve and become a bit more normal, but it, as long as you are continuously thinking about your overall health, and that will require you to move. You, know, yeah. you have to go hell for leather in a hit online activity, but you do need to move, and that might just be a yeah. walk. Yeah, yeah. 
could not agree more. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. I definitely want to get you back on because I feel like we could we could talk forever. We really could. We could talk forever on these things because we're both so fascinated with it, and it's, it's, it's very much like a brainstorm for us. But I, um, I would definitely love to have you back on. But I'll not take up any more of your time because I realise that you've got the girls to look after, and it's no, nope, yes, sufficient now. They get on with life. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, there is no right or wrong way to parenting during a pandemic or you know the, the food choices that we we give them I think that the most important thing that I've learned and I'm no mum professional you know I'm very much like the majority of people in life I wing parenting I do yeah what I do best at the time and there's been a few things that I've done or said that I've thought afterwards hmm crap that was probably not the right thing to do but you know, we raise our kids the best way we possibly can and my success markers are do they go to sleep happy and healthy from my perception and do they wake the next day you know have I kept them alive that's yeah it. and that's the main thing yeah. so don't be so hard on yourselves if you're listening to this and you're in a a moment in time where you are struggling where you aren't sure if giving your kids crisps every day is the right thing to do don't be so hard on yourself because it's such a stressful time for everyone that the more important thing in all of this is that you're together and you're happy and if you're not yeah. then you know there's a lot of people around about you that will be able to support with some ideas on how you can change that yeah you can always um let them know about your facebook group as well because i do think there'll be a few that would love that group yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe you can pop a wee link in the... Um, I will do, yeah. But yeah, so I do, I have a, a free um, private Facebook group that I've put together predominantly for mums, but, you know, we don't discriminate. So dads, you are welcome to, or carers of children. But anybody that has children in their life, I've put a free private Facebook group together. And I go on and do some live batch cooking. Um, we kind of talk about key themes, answer questions, and it's an education platform for parents um, where I've covered off even the use of vitamins, why they're important, what they do. So if you're interested, then Lucy will pop some details into the episodes, details on here on the podcast. But if not, and you want to maybe just search Facebook, it's called Family Health and Lifestyle Nutrition. Yep, yep. No, I'll definitely get a wee link popped up as well for it so people can access it. But yeah, it's it's definitely a fantastic thing that you're doing. So, I, and I do know there'll be a few people who will be interested. Thank for you. sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed that. I think yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've thought this has been a great wee episode. I love our chat. It's always good. It's always good. It's always informative for me. So. Like what? It helps me learn a lot about me. When people ask you, you know, you don't naturally think about how you parent and what you do. You just do it. And yeah, I'm, I was saying this yesterday to another friend that, you know, I'm, I don't see myself as a natural mum. I'm not someone who dedicates their whole life every day, every, every waking minute to being a parent and a mum. I need me time. And I absolutely do not see that as being selfish. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I remember doing a, a piece, <clears throat> a post on Instagram about this, but I can't be their rock if I'm crumbling. And it's, it's yeah. that whole piece of, I need to know that I'm taking good care of myself and showing them how I do that so that they learn that as well. So 
if you are a mum out there and you are struggling and not taking me time, then take an action away. One action that you've got from this podcast episode is build in some time for you. And that might just be a 10 minute walk around the block, a podcast. You know, if you're listening to this, then well done because you're taking you time. And it might even just be a bubble bath where you say, do you know what guys, see for the next half an hour, this is a no children or partner zone. Leave me in peace. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That was a fantastic little episode. Um, And I will definitely have you back on. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for having me. Perfect. No, not a problem. (laughs) 